Hello there, welcome along to day two of this grand experiment. This is the Peter Greenwood Stay at Home Show Daily Podcast. God, I've got to change that name, it's just too long. Or is it? Never mind, irregardless, moving on. Let's talk about what's coming up on today's podcast. Today we are going to be speaking to your friend and mine, Becca Blogger, she's been on the show before. But first we're going to travel all the way back to July 2019 when I spoke to Frank Turner. Yes, Frank Turner was on this pokey little show. How cool is that? Take a listen. This is the Peter Greenwood Show, and as I promised, I am not in the studio anymore. I am backstage at King Tut's Wawaha, sitting opposite a man who I've spoken to before. He's been on the show before, and now he's back. I'm looking at him. I can see him. He's not over a telephone line. Hello, Frank Turner. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to see you in person uh, and to be in King Tut's. It's lovely to see you. How are you enjoying the cities today? Uh, Good. I mean, I just got here um, uh, a minute ago. I'm driving on this tour, which is more remarkable than it sounds because I've only had my license for about a year. Um, So today's been my first ever day of driving in Scotland. And it went well, didn't hit any other cars. But uh, it's a bit of a trek up here from Lancaster, so... Yeah, it's a bit... It's a trek from Lancaster, especially when you get up the border, because it's... Yeah. It seems like it should be a straight shot up into the city, but then you get into the city and it's all up and... Yes, and definitely. Well, thankfully, SatNav had me under control today, but... Um, but yeah, no, it's lovely to be back in Glasgow. Yeah? Have you, how many times do you think you've been... Oh, goodness. Uh, you know, I could look it up. Um, I do have that facility in life, because uh, i got all my, last, my past shows listed on my site, but um, I haven't done that yet today. But let's estimate 110,000. That's a good estimate. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, as, as we're... Why not go 112,000? Why not? Okay, yes, why not? <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about... Why you're here? What's the show tonight? Yeah, so tonight is it's a bit of a funny one. Um, we were supposed to be playing the Electric Fields Festival today, which was originally going to be in Dunfermline, and then it was going to be at SWG3, and then it's not happening. And um, I really don't particularly know why. Um, uh, and I'm I'm sad because it was a cool lineup and it was a cool festival and everything. Um, but uh, but it, I guess it wasn't meant to be this year, and uh, for whatever reason that is. But, um, you know, I was down to play a show in Glasgow, and I wanted to come up and play. Um, I love Tuts. I'm very excited we're here. I mean, I would have, in some ways, wanted to play somewhere a little bit bigger to get more people into the room, but the availability on venues for today was not ideal. So it struck me that playing one show of some kind was better than just cancelling and bailing on Scotland in general. Tuts is a fantastic venue, isn't it? Oh, it has such history here. I mean, personally, you know, I've played here a lot over the years. Um, uh, Solo, Million Dead played here. Mongol Horde played here twice, which given that we've only toured twice is saying something. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously I know all the stories and everything. And there's, uh, it's just good vibe. It's a good venue. How much of the new album are you going to be playing? You released a new album, which was May 14th, the new album was called? Uh, well, so the, the, it wasn't called, it was released, sorry. That's not yeah, the, well, called. so Be More Kind was out May last year. We got the last new record, uh, No Man's Land is coming out in August this year. August, but we've, right. we've put out the first singles out already, so I will be playing that because I'm, <laughs> I'm a well-trained little performing monkey. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be able to talk about the new record. I mean, the way that the, the music industry has a kind of weird inbuilt time lag from my point of view in the sense that you finish writing songs and you finish making a record and it doesn't hit the public consciousness for six months, a year sometimes after that point in time. So I've been champing at the bit wanting to play new stuff for ages. Um, I would say that a gentleman never reveals his set list in advance, so I'm not going to detail exactly what I'm going to do tonight. Um, but I'm definitely, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm legitimized playing some new stuff tonight. And... That was a big slam. It was a very exciting noise going on as well. <laughs> it's all very it's all going on here. Don't ask what's going on, but it's going on. <laughs> 
how does the because the music industry has changed so much with yeah. the release of the internet you can just throw stuff up online and it's gone how frustrating and liberating is that as a performer well i mean it's difficult to say in some ways in the sense that the music industry's kind of great paradigm shift started almost exactly as i got signed for the first time in million dead so i i never really had like a kind of a steady period before everything's the walls started falling down so my entire experience in the music industry has been of people running around screaming and pulling their hair out um uh, I mean, I think that things are kind of stabilizing a little now, which is good news. I think that um, people tend to talk about the negatives much more than they talk about the positives, and there are some of each. I think the fact that, you know, um, music is so readily available is, is a good thing, you know, like, uh, you, and the barriers to entry are much lower, which I think is a great thing, because I think there was a lot of kind of kind of control and authority going on in the old structure of the music industry that's kind of been blown up now, and, and that is very much to my taste, politically, authority structures being blown up. So into that. Um, I, I mean, you know, it's. It, I think everybody's still trying to figure out exactly what's going on, how to find their way. But I'm not sure that's a negative thing. You know what I mean? And there, are, it definitely creates opportunities for bands to kind of create their own thing, you know. Um, and, uh, and I'm now going to sound like a dyed-in-the-wool hippie optimist, but I'd also think that, like, Good music still kind of cuts through, you know, and that is the most important thing. It's, of course, we can have conversations about the the business side of the music business, but the music is the important thing, you know. Um, on the way here, actually, um, I was listening to Hosier, uh, and uh, partly because I realized I'd never heard any Hosier songs apart from the one that everybody's heard, and the rest of the record was great. I really enjoyed it. But I have to say that, like, um, you know, I was kind of uh, reading up on, like, what his story was, and it's just he wrote a really, really good set of songs. And then he got famous. And like that's kind of how it's meant to be. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You just make good music and the world pays attention. And there, that does still happen, and I think that's kind of reassuring to me. That's what I like to see in the music industry. As somebody who has worked hard and has written their songs and isn't just going on a talent show and is famous for 12 minutes. It's not even 15 minutes anymore. It's like yeah, 12 yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that is one thing. Brett, Brett from Epitaph said to me one time that the in the old days, the difficult part of um, making it was kind of getting a record made and cut and distributed. And that was really hard. But if you could do that, then you were somewhere. These days, getting your music recorded and um, distributed is much, much easier. So the difficult thing is cutting through all the noise because there's so much going on. Um, so, you know, I mean, that is the thing is like, you know, I've, I've got this new album coming out on August 16th. I'm now in, and I have lots of experience with this. You're in this kind of desperate fight to get anyone to pay attention for longer than 30 seconds, you know. Um, so we'll see how that goes. What can you tell us about the new album, if anything? Because it's, it's a month or so until August, until yeah. the release date. Well, so. so we put the first song out and not only that, we put out the first, um, the first podcast episode. And um, this is the thing. This is a slightly different record for me. I mean... In Venice, I try and make every record I do slightly different. That's important to me. But um, uh, it's kind of a history album. Um, each of the songs is a is a story of a female historical figure who's been largely ignored by popular culture, as far as I'm aware. Um, uh, and and just sort of trying to tell those stories and and um, obviously first and foremost trying to be good songs. But um, because they're quite historically involved, I wanted to kind of get into the long grass as it were on the history side of things so that's what the podcast is for is you know i'm chatting to kind of historians and other musicians and poets and playwrights and um astronauts in fact and and uh, crazy different uh, feminists and all these kind of people um and uh um 
you know, really kind of getting into the backstory so we can do a bit more justice than just three and a half minutes of pop music. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the first one's out, but it's kind of fun. We're doing a song and a podcast episode a week starting last Wednesday. So next Wednesday, the second song and the second podcast episode is out and it will w- work forward like that. How are you enjoying being a podcaster? Because podcast is basically radio with swearing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> very good, uh, and less time constraints. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, well, I will now take my hat off to you and what you do because um, I've you, been sir. on the receiving end of a million interviews in my life, but to actually be the driving force and to kind of like guide a conversation and to hit certain targets and that kind of thing is 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 much a, is a much more developed skill than I expected it to be. Um, and I'm really proud of the podcast. I think it's really cool. But like my almost my only reservation is I wish I could go back and do the first one again. Right. Now that I've got a bit more experience on how to do it, I sort of feel like I could do the first one better. Let me tell you a secret, though. You When you're done a show, you think, I could have done this better. I could have done yeah. that link better. You're always going to want to do the last show better. Yeah. Yeah, so the yeah. trick is just to keep going. Well, I mean, that, that, there, are many, there are many similarities there with what I do for a living as well. So, <laughs> yeah. The new single is yes. out. You mentioned that, which I confused yeah. with the album earlier. No, you're all good. No I worries. Apologize. No problem. What's the name of the single and what the, can you tell us about it? The single is called Sister Rosetta. It's a song about a woman called Sister Rosetta Tharp. She was born in uh, 1918 in Arkansas in the American South. Um, she was an African-American woman. She was a member of the Pente- Pentecostal Holy Roller Church. And um, as she grew up touring first as a gospel singer and then as a guitarist, which was very unusual, she basically combined... Um, the energy and the imagery of her religious upbringing with kind of secular music to create essentially rock and roll. Um, and in 1938, she released a single called Rock Me, which is the first use of that word with reference to music. Um, and she was very successful in the 1940s and the early 1950s. And then when a bunch of white men arrived playing essentially the same music, she was pretty much written out of history. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a history nerd and I'm a huge rock and roll fanatic. And, and I sort of... And I didn't really know who she was, you know, so I, I kind of stumbled across her and um, I wanted to kind of pay tribute. I think as a, as a white man who makes rock and roll music, it's sort of behoven to me to pay tribute to my to my influences and to the people who laid the path for what I do. So, um, and hopefully it's a fun song about a really cool person who rocked, um, which is also important, but the song's called Sister Rosetta. That's really fascinating because you don't really think of where origins like Rock Me came from. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I tend to sort of lose myself into kind of, I'm, I'm re- I really want to know everything I can about the history of my trade. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I read tons and tons of music history books and try and educate myself as best I can. Um, and yeah, she's been underappreciated. The one thing I would say is that um, when I wrote the song first, which was about three years ago, she was not recognized in the official Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the song was written as a kind of clarion call to have her recognized in the hall of fame in between writing it and actually releasing it or indeed recording it she was then inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame posthumously so that's great for her slightly annoying for me on a songwriting point of view um but no it's 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 a wonderful fantastic just thing that that's happened so um uh yeah she is now kind of she is being given her due you know i feel like the world is waking up to her legacy that is pretty cool and you you have a stake in it I would say. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, this is the thing. I'm, I'm, I, my aim is to direct people towards her and hopefully not to be standing in the middle kind of waving, look at me, too much. You know, I, I'd love it if people listen to this song and if they enjoy it, actually go and find some of her music and check that out. This is the voice of Frank Turner joining me today on the Peter Greenwood Show. We are backstage at King Tut's talking to Frank about the album, which is coming out August 14th. 
16th. 16th. Close. Oh, I was so close. So close. Although quite a few of the songs will be out by then anyway, so it's, <laughs> it's much of a muchness. Close, close, close enough? Can we say close yeah, enough? Yeah, close enough. Thank oh, you so close much. Close enough for rock and roll, as they say. <laughs> You're very kind, sir. We're going to play Sister Rosetta. Thank you. Uh, would you introduce it for us? I'd love to. Uh, my name is Frank Turner, and this is the first single from my eighth solo album. The album's called No Man's Land, and this song is called Sister Rosetta. That was Frank Turner, who was good enough to sit down and speak to us. Thank you, Frank. He's lovely, isn't he? Now, I have got someone on my telephone line. She's been on the show before. I'm I'm, I'm so happy to welcome her back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Becca Blogger, how are you today, Becca? Are you well? Yeah, I'm very well today. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm getting by. It's this whole, <laughs> this whole thing. You know how it be. Yep, hard work. Yep. So for those who don't know Becca, let's fill the people in a little bit on our backstory. We met about a year and a half, two years ago, completely randomly at the Kings. Mm. We went to see the band, is what we went to see. We did. And I get it, mate. it was a really good show. I love that show. I know. Uh, I wish we could go back. Yeah, let's go back to 2018 or whenever it was and be like, hey, in yeah. 2020, <laughs> you guys are going to have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> but we met completely randomly, just got chatting, and we've, we've been in contact ever since. We've been pals ever since. Yep, definitely. Yeah, kept in contact and kept checking in at each other's life updates. Yep, which is important to do. And and when this whole thing started, and when I decided I wanted to do the podcast daily, you were one of the first people I wanted to reach out to because on social media, on your Instagram, and on your blog, you've been very open about your mental health mm-hmm. and about your life. And yep. how how are you handling this whole thing? How how are you living with it? I think for me, um, obviously, it's a really touchy subject for everyone. But for me, this has probably come at the right time for me. Um, my mental health was probably the worst it had been. Um, maybe be- between eight and six weeks, I'd say. Um, there was kind of no uphill for me. It was just all kind of staying at the same level. So I think it's came at a good time in a sense. And for me, I'm finding really good ways to help myself mentally. Although we're technically, air quotes, trapped in the house, I'm picking like a drawer in my room a day. And I'm clearing it out and that just seems to be helping my mental state. It really just makes me feel like a little bit lighter and like I'm doing all the things that when I was so caught up in everyday life, visiting family every day, all the pressures with working things you put on yourself. I think just having a little bit of time to step back and, and regrouping yourself and focusing on what's important in life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That sounds like a really positive way to ride out the the storm that we're in because, mm-hmm. as you said, it, it can be kind of touchy. There are people who aren't very well out there but everyone's got to get through this in their own way which I think is the most important thing you can't be subject to what everybody else is going through because you have to go through this in your own way does that make any sense absolutely that's what we were talking about wasn't I think everyone's dealing with it and you obviously totally understand there's horrible thing and people are losing their lives and I think all we can do is listen to what we've been told and is as I said, for me, like keeping in touch with you and friends and checking in each other, that's what's important just now. And it's never been so important. So, yeah, it's finding a way together, but separate, if you know what I mean, to get through it. Yeah. Always supporting each other and always trying, always just being like, even if you haven't seen anybody post on social media in a while, that's one of the things that I notice about you is when you post and when you don't post. And before all this, I yep. I checked in on you and you weren't very well and I was trying to trying to get you to talk about it which which is fine you don't have to you know yeah your life it is. 
<laughs> but, but it's nice to have that though because I think it's nice because quite a lot of people are like that with me um, as you are and it's it's so appreciated um, especially people like you and you meet in such a a random way to have someone who's willing to check in you and have that bit of care it just makes you feel like even when you're sitting feeling rubbish about things you go no I care and I'm the same what other people like no matter how bad I'm feeling I'm still going to check in with you my other friends and family and things like that you're always going to make sure that everyone's ticking by and getting through in their own way aren't you yeah exactly you need to try and look after each other and as I said even just a message to be like hey how are you doing how are you holding in all yeah. of this is important so let's talk about how strange it is, because you live kind of just outside Glasgow. Have you been into the city since all this started, and what's it like? Um, I haven't been into the city at all. Um, I, I had been going into work, which is just next to the BBC building for me, um, but that was about three weeks ago, and even then, things were slowly but surely quieting and right down and becoming hardly any people. But for me, where I live, um, I live in Claybank, so it's it's a small place at the best mm. of times but um i'm doing the you know your daily allowance walk i'm doing that wet when i need to i'm not picking every single day and saying i need to go a walk because obviously the as little as you can go out as possible is the best thing they're saying you know um but around here people are just using their walks um to go along the cycle path and things like that and there are still people around but it's very quiet as i'm sure you've experienced as well it's not the hustle and bustle of glasgow and surrounding areas we're used to but it's for it's it's saving lives, isn't it? So it's important yeah. to do. Yeah, it's so strange. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in my life. Like I'm not super no. old. I'm coming up for thirty four this year, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was speaking to my dad about it actually, and I was saying to him like, "Have you ever seen anything like this in your life?" And he was like, "No, I haven't." So this is totally unprecedented. Mm -hmm. It is. It's definitely one a, a thing that we're all very new to, and it's like silly things like um today I had to go out for um some food so a food shop, and getting used to standing two meters away from people is so difficult, and I find myself constantly going Rebecca step back Rebecca wait at the line Rebecca you know you're constantly reinforcing the rules for everyone else's safety, and you don't want to offend people by being closer than you should. And, but it's it's a learning curve. We're all learning, and we're learning together. That that's the thing. We're all going through this, as I say, individually in our own homes. But when we come out, we're still very much a community, and we're learning the new rules that we have to follow for to save lives. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And that's the way I'm thinking of it. It's just trying to get everybody to do it and try mm -hmm. to start taking this seriously. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of people, isn't there? You see um, with using social media and things for my blog, you definitely see there's a lot of people not um, following as, as strictly as they could. And it's a shame because the, the longer people don't follow the rules that, that have been set out to save our lives, the longer we're all going to be stuck like this. Yeah, and it's just trying to get people to understand it. It's it's hard sometimes. Yeah, of course. It's hard. It's a hard change for everybody. Like, I'm not sitting here and saying I'm absolutely loving this because I, I'm not. I miss my family. I miss my niece. I miss my friends. I miss the events that I would get to go to. I miss all those wee things. But at the end of the day, when it comes to um, people's life and their, their safety and it comes to their health, you, you have to protect that, don't you, at all costs? Yeah. I absolutely agree. Because when all this started, I I don't. I'm going to be honest. I didn't entirely take it seriously because I didn't no, know enough too. about it. It was just like, mm -hmm. oh, this Corona thing. What's it going to do? It's a, it's a bit of a bit of a, a flu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now it's it's a serious thing, and people need to start taking it seriously. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing with everything, isn't it? There has to be a starting point, and you, you can't deny. I mean, I will be honest. I'm I'm not really the biggest of news watchers, but this has really got me interested in taking note to what's going on in the world and realizing that although this is going on, it's massive. It's also still trying to remember about all the other important things that are going on in the world, all the good, like exactly, I'm sure you know, like the NHS staff, they're all getting up every day. And I, I messaged um, a friend of mine, actually. She works for the NHS and she'd put up that Waitrose had taken them in fruit and veg. And I honestly sent her a message and it was like, it literally was just everything I'd felt. And I thought, oh, well, there's someone I can reach out to. And I said, thank you so much for doing a job where you're running into a situation that myself included and a lot of other people are running away from we, we're we're the lucky ones like um we get to come home and stay safe in our home we don't have to go into hospitals where this virus is is, is taking people's life and help those people you know so you have to think that that's an amazing thing they're doing you have to take inspiration from that and think if they can do that and run into it when we're just sitting at home safe and yet it's difficult to feel bored and frustrated and miss people but you're doing it so that maybe in six months or however long time, we'll all be back to normal, we'll all be healthy and safe and we won't be like hundreds of thousands of people died because of that because we're hopefully putting a stop to that and bringing the numbers down as much as we can. Absolutely. Well said. Incredible. You, you said it better than I ever could. <laughs> no, I, I think you have the same outlook in, on it as me and I think that's the thing. Like, we, Me and you both talk very openly. We're, we're, we're not loving being at home, as I said. We yeah. miss all the, the good things in life. But we're, we're not in the worst place we could be, it, maybe not so much even mentally, just in terms of profession and things. We we can survive um, from home. It's There's things that could be easier, yes, but we're not having to go into these situations, you know, and see really ill people and see how real it is. So no, no wonder you at the beginning were the same as me. You didn't 100% understand how serious it was because we're not faced with that every day. You only know what you're told on the news and, and the radio and things, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and it's... It's trying to understand it and trying to get it all in and let it all sink in and yeah. let it make sense as well. But Of course. Yeah, but we're getting there, aren't we? We are. We're definitely getting there with it. Checking in, in each other. We're, <laughs> we're surviving slowly but surely. Yep. <laughs> and it's nice, I meant to say earlier, it's really nice to speak to someone outside my household and family yes. on the phone. <laughs> it's interesting to hear a different voice, isn't it? Because all yeah. I have to speak to is my cat and she just meows at me all day. So it's like, <laughs> what do you want? I, I cannot talk to you about this virus. You do not understand it. Just go yeah, away. No, no you, don't, you don't have someone. It's hard, isn't it, like that? But yeah, you just it's nice to speak to some people. Like even I phoned my phone company the other day and I was like having a chat I'm like oh someone else knew to talk to <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing you're a wonderful person Rebecca as are you thank you let me ask you a couple of things before I let you go because you've got a life to lead yesterday mm-hmm. I, was, I was recording the show for Sunday mm-hmm. and at the end of every show I normally say I gotta go I've got a home to go to but I was recording in my home so I was like how do I end this now I've no idea how to end this <laughs> Uh, so let me ask you what are you doing about your mental health how are you keeping positive about doing all this so for me um, I was actually seeing a counsellor and I was seeing um, her every Wednesday um, so I'm still luckily I'm I'm in a position where I'm still getting phone um, appointments but they're cut down drastically as you can imagine because everyone's so busy um, and it's every three weeks now but when I'm not having them um, I'm doing things like in the morning when I wake up I'm opening my blinds, I'm looking out the window and I'm having my cup of tea at the window and it sounds really, um, really small, but for me it's so significant. I'm looking out at the sky, I'm listening to birds, I'm, I'm looking at the different colours of the sky every day depending on the weather. If, if I'm feeling really rubbish, I'm phoning my niece and I'm FaceTiming her 
it's just about staying connected when we're, we're technically disconnected, those yeah. kind of things, and appreciating that as much as there's bad in the world, we, we are in a beautiful world, and like seeing things like all the kids doing the rainbows at the windows, looking out my window, I can see a sea of those, and it just lights you up, and you just think, even in a darkest moment, there, there's light just in the house across the road with a wee rainbow. Things like that are really inspiring me just now. That's really lovely. Yeah, things like that, I'd say, really help me. But it, it is, mental health's a hard thing, and when you're confined to a house, it's 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 harder than normal. But you just have to find, I'm not saying there's loads of those moments in a day. It could be the smallest moment, looking out the window and seeing a kid where it's mum or dad cycling in a wee bike past your house, you know. It's just seeing even though it's dark in terms of what's going on in the world, there's still light and there's still hope. And, and that's helping me. So as I say, maybe as horrible as this whole thing is, maybe it's something I needed to pull my mental health up and think, you know what, this is a great world and we're lucky and just finding the good and the bad. That's, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You keep putting all these things way better than I ever could. And I'm just like, yes, I agree. <laughs> I'm just sitting here listening to you now. I'm like, yes, I'm feeling better. But I remember I'm supposed to be interviewing you and asking you questions. I apologise. <laughs> When all this is over, mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to say what will you take away from this, like it's some kind mm-hmm. of quiz show or game show, but what yeah. do you think you'll take away from this, for want of a better term? That family is imperative to me. Um, that visiting my gran and grandpa who are elderly, um, I take so for granted. Like When I go in, I would never think to take a wee loaf of bread or a cake. Whereas when this has been going on, when I've been doing my weekly shop, I've been leaving a wee bag of shopping at their front door. Obviously, I can't go in because they're elderly. Mm -hmm. But things like that, I just don't ever... I I don't think I've been someone who's terribly bad for taking family for granted. But it's definitely given me a bigger appreciation. And family is is everything, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're close or not. I think when you can't have them as much as we all like to moan that me and my sisters drive each other crazy but me and my sister's 15 and I miss her so much we're like facetiming and we're probably communicating more in this time than we ever did and it's just family's key that that's all I can say for me like that's something when I look back at this I'll go the the only thing I really missed in that situation it was as you know I love movies movies and my family Mm. so going to the cinema is a big one but family that that's all I can really say Peter family and, and meeting up with your friends because that that's what's important in life and it, unfortunately sometimes it takes this crazy fast-paced world something terrible to happen to realize how important that is see when all this is over me and you we need to get a tent and we need to go and pitch it in Cineworld and just stay there for a month it, yeah, I know. It, do you know, I actually meant to say to you, that's a funny thing. I was in the cinema about, oh, I don't know, six months ago, and I go to Paisley Showcase, and I actually seen you there, and I forgot oh, to say to you. Yeah, it was today when we were messaging that I thought about it, and I was like, I, I forgot to say it to him. Yeah, I'm sh- well, I'm sure it was either that or you've got a doppelganger, but <laughs> I'm sure it was you, but it, it was um, Paisley Showcase, so yeah. I don't know if that is where you go, but... I did. I was there a little while ago. I went to see a Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary and it was at the Paisley Showcase. So that's where I went uh, to see it. That's my favourite cinema. So I'm missing that. I used to go every Friday night. It's saving me a lot of money, but I love movies, as you know, movies and musicals. So I'm missing that, but I can survive at home without that. Yeah. And it'll all be back sooner or later. Someday everything will be okay again. Of course it will. That's it. You just have to keep pushing forward until we're there, don't you? And looking after yourself because it's all you can do. Yep. That's all, that's all we can do. Rebecca, yeah. where can people find out more about you online and get in contact with you? So my social media um, on Facebook and Instagram is at Becca Blogger. And my blog is 
www.beccablogger.com. So anyone who is interested in hearing about mental health, fashion, beauty, and most importantly, um, staying positive in a time that's really hard to do that, give me a wee follow on there. Yeah, I recommend going to going to follow Becca. I I read your blog. When you got to update the blog, we need to, you need to update it, lady. Well, I know that that's the thing with, with the blog. I'm actually really enjoying Instagram just now because I've been doing them. Um, well, you came on to my live the other day. I'm really mm. enjoying live videos. It's so much more interactive. And I think just now what I'm realizing is the last blog post I've done, so many people are like, oh, we'd love if you'd done Instagram lives. And to be honest, I can say everything I need to say on a post on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so the, the blog's kind of slowed down for me. But with, with this space and time I've got, I really want to start going into YouTube again because obviously I've been doing that. So that's something I'm looking into while I've got this free time as well. Well, I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you more and we'll always be in touch. And I can't yeah. thank you enough for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It means the world, Peter, and I hope you're staying safe. And we thank Becca for her time today. Thank you, Becca. And we also thank Frank Turner for coming and speaking to us tomorrow. An old friend returns. That's all I'm going to tell you about it. Until then, my name's Peter Greenwood. Bye, every single body bag.